Thanks for listening to Touch Salon Podcast. Today is a special one because I sit down with my good friend, Sally Limo. And let me tell you, she's got an amazing story. We talk about her as an educator, her past couple of years, and what a great, great conversation. So here is my conversation with Sally. You guys enjoy. Sally, Sally Lameau, right? Is that how you pronounce it? Lameau. <laughs> I know. Didn't you tell me like, yes, I remember you telling me that. Sally Limo, AKA the Cleveland hair boss. when did you come up with that name? You know what? It's, it's been a while. Uh, and it was, it was just on a whim and for fun. I had taken a social media class well over a decade ago. And, um, they said your, this was when your, they said your handle should. And, and I was at the time looking to still grow clientele behind my chair. I owned salon commission salons and things like that. And so they said, you should have the city you're in, and it should have um, what you do in it. And I came up with Cleveland Hair Boss, and it kind of just stuck after that, you know? It rolls off the tongue, so I like it. So, hey, thanks for being on Touch the Line podcast. I know we've been talking about this for, how long have we been talking about doing a podcast? Like together? long, over a year for sure, maybe two, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a while. So I, when I first met you, before I met you, everybody that knew you, would tell me, you need to meet Sally. She's going to be your new best friend. You're going to love her. And the first time we met you, yeah, you came here and I was like, hey, we're supposed to be new right. best friends. So, right. And here we are. <laughs> I love it. When did you start like going in, being serious about growing your so, followers? So here's what's funny is I, I did not go into Instagram with the intention of growing the following. I, when the world shut down, in 2020, um, I was so worried about our industry. I'm older. I'm more of one of the dinosaurs of our industry. I've been doing this a long time and I've been educating for over 20 years. And so I, I'm, I'm more of like that accidental influencer. I didn't set out to be an influencer. I just was so worried about our industry when the world shut down that I was like, I need to do something. And, and I don't know what to do, but I know how to teach and I know how to bring people together. And um, so I had set out and I created a private Facebook group where I showed up for an hour every day for 14 days because that was, it was only supposed to be 14 days. And we all showed up there and there was a couple hundred people in there and, and I taught. And then that ended and the world still was shut down. And our industry is so, we're so communal and I'm a firm believer that our industry, like we utilize all five love languages, right? And not only do we give them to our clients, but that's really how a lot of us receive love is through our clients. And so now we were, we lost all of that. And so I, my whole outlook changed and it became less of, less about me and it was all about you. And it was no longer, I was on like this mission of it, like, and, and not to say there's anything wrong with this because it's all about like, so what is it you want to do with your social media? And up until that point, I was posting pretty pictures that made me feel good and made me feel good about my work that, um, you know, grew, made my ego stroke my ego a little bit at, you know, I would get comments. It made me feel good. But that turned into me serving my audience and 
doing whatever I could do just to keep connected because I was worried, like genuinely worried, Evan, and um, like losing sleep. And so it became more ambition for me. And I'm telling you, within a couple months, I went from 2,000 to 20,000 and then 30,000 very quickly and then 50,000. And then and then I did start working to grow it because I was like, okay, you know what? I, I want to be a full-time educator. I can transition now. I'm seeing that there's opportunity here. And so I did move into growth mode for a little while. And I'll be honest with you, I, I've backed out of growth mode since I hit 70,000. And I now got another 25,000 in the last couple months. And I think it's because I went back to serving my audience and I really just want to serve whoever wants to listen. And so when you say, when you say growth mode, what do you mean by that? Like Break growing that followers, first. you know, like growing my, my followers. It was like, you know, I think I, I got, uh, my mission shifted, not, not, um, it moved more into maybe business and not that it was a bad thing by any means. There is growth. You know, we all want to grow. You want the followers because it feels like the followers equate to success. And I felt like I needed to grow my Instagram more. Right. And, um, I'll be honest with you, I, I got stuck there for a little while at like that 50,000 mark for, for quite some time. And I started to lose the love for it because I was moving into growing followers instead of growing the people. And when I moved back into where my heart was and I allowed myself to really get back into my priorities, which was my industry and my babies in my industry and serving them and growing them, I'm at like 95,000 and honestly not trying very hard. And so it's, I think it's all about what do you want to do with your Instagram? What do you want to do with your social media? What's your intention behind it? And once you have those clear and it doesn't matter what they are, because none of them are right or wrong. It's what's your Instagram, right? And um, that's when it really took off for me was like when I got a very clear idea of what, how I wanted to use it. You're at 95.9,000. So if you're not following her, go follow her and let's get her up to 96,000. That's crazy. Like 96,000 people following you. Evan, it's wild to me. It really is. It's It's unreal. And I love that you kind of just, I mean, kind of stumbled into it and you're like, oh, it kind of works. And then you just started putting intentionality. Yeah, it wasn't on purpose, but I'm very thankful for it. And I understand the responsibility behind it. Um, and I think that also has helped me grow it because I take it very seriously. I'm so humbled and honored anytime anyone will follow my page. I, it's, it's wild to me. <laughs> well, that's one thing that I love about you is your humility. Right now, it seems like you are just taking over 2024. 2023, <laughs> you are going strong. A couple of years ago, you got diagnosed with something that really knocked you on your back. I would love to get inside your head, your mindset of when all that happened. Tell our listeners what happened. And it seems like you just got back up. Now, I'm sure you had moments where you were in the fetal position crying in the corner. um, But it seemed like you got right back up and you're like, look, this isn't going to keep me down. Walk us through that. Um, Well, and there's still moments that I want to curl up in the fetal position. Don't get me wrong, right? But um, they're less and less, which is amazing. So in um, what year are we in? We're in 2024. This past year was my one year anniversary. That was 23. So 2022, in February of 2022, I found a lump in my right breast. 
And I was walking up the stairs. I had my coffee. And all of a sudden, I heard this like audible voice. It was truly felt like it was an audible voice. And it said, you know what? You're going to be, you're almost 50 years old. You need to be an adult. It's time to check your boobs. You need to start taking better care of your health. And I was like, huh. I hadn't had a mammogram in like seven years. I like was the last person I took care of all the time. And I went upstairs, I put down my coffee and I took my left hand and I went right to the lump, found it immediately. And I was like, wait, what the hell is that? What is that? And it didn't move and it was really hard. And I I was a little nervous for a minute. And so I had my husband check and he's like, you know what? I think you need to get that checked. And so that's when the whirlwind happened for me. And I went from, living my normal life crazily, um, like a chicken with my head cut off to July having a double mastectomy. And so it went very quickly from finding a lump, which it was stage one A. I was very lucky. So I'm a very firm believer in please check your breasts, male or female. I found it so early that a mammogram would not have found it. And so by the time a mammogram would have seen it, it probably would have been closer to stage two because it was so deep and had so much tissue around it that my prognosis could have been very, very different. I'll be honest with you. When I found out that I had cancer, my, and I forgive me, I get a little choked up when I think about it because my very first feeling wasn't fear. I was actually honored that God would trust me with this. And that, that God would trust me to go through it and praise him through it. And whoever it was that needed that message, that he knew I was strong enough to go through it. He knew I was going to be able to handle it. He knew I was going to come out on the other side, whether it was here or whether it was there. I, I just had such strong into my core, like belief in that. And I know that's a lot of what got me through. And after my double mastectomy, it was the first time that I had stopped like really stopped uh, in decades. I didn't know how to stop. My mother was a runner, always running, running, running. So it's like you, you, you learn what you live, right? And um, I was forced to stop. And I read three books in four days. I don't know the last time I read a book, right? I, I, rest, I kind of rested, kind of. The word is kind of. And it did take me a while. It was a tough year. I will be honest, it was a tough year because I missed my girls. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I miss my girls and, um, a lot of people when they have breast cancer, they say, you know, my boobs tried to kill me and I, I don't feel that way. I, I never felt that way. I feel like they really worked hard to protect me because it was contained and it hadn't spread. And I, I was, and I don't like to say I was very lucky because if someone else doesn't experience the same thing as me, it doesn't mean they're not. It doesn't mean they're not loved. It doesn't mean God doesn't love them. It's just that is the the road I was called to because I feel like I was trusted with maybe the check your boobs part of it. I was trusted with maybe what it feels like to feel like you've lost some of your femininity and to rediscover love with your husband in a completely different way where the physical is different from that. And also, I, I felt like I lost a part of myself when I had my double mastectomy and I had to work to gain that back. And I'll be honest with you, I love my body more now than I did then and before. And I love my industry more now than I did before. And I think it's because I, I have so much gratitude for every moment. And um, every single minute of my life is, is 
for quality, not quantity. Whereas so much of life, my life was spent on quantity of how many things can I get done in the least amount of time. And now it's like, how many minutes can I cherish and, and make memories with, uh, you know, at work and at play, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm just sitting here, like I got goosebumps (laughs) hearing like your mindset and how, you, you know, I'm sure your mind went to a dark place, but you know, I, oh, I think I there's a silver place for a while. I really yeah. I mean, there's a silver lining. I mean, you went through something so traumatic that you were like, you know what, I'm going to see the good in this. Let's just take that and just shoot it out into the world <laughs> because right now it's everything is going bad and neg- negativity. And you're just like, look, you know, I'm going to see the silver lining in this. You talked about quality and quantity. Let's talk about that for a little bit with boundaries because you wear a lot of different hats. Oh my God. You wear a hat as as a mom. <laughs> yeah. You wear a hat as a, a wife. You wear a hat as a stylist, an educator. You travel. Talk about boundaries like with work and life and how you manage that. This is just such a hot topic yeah. in our world, especially in our industry is boundaries. And where do you draw the line on all that? So, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I feel like I'm still learning boundaries. Every year I get older, every experience I have that kind of shakes me and rattles me a little bit, um, gives me a little bit more uh, grace for myself, which I think is important. And I think it's hard to set up boundaries for ourselves when we don't have, uh, when we don't maybe love ourselves to see um, what we need, right? And it's when we're continually in that outward pouring place of serving, 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 serving. Um, I think boundaries are really tough to even consider, let alone maintain, you know, and I went through many years as a salon owner with absolutely no boundaries. I worked 24 seven. I didn't know how I I lost a lot of time, you know, with my family. I, uh, wasn't able to really even be present in my business because I was really all over the place. Now I I've learned it's, it's okay it's, it really is okay to say no. It really is okay to sit and, and read something. I don't have to be doing 27 things at one time. It really is okay to, to dial back. And I think also when we realize, and, and you know, my friend Christina Carter said to me one time, she asked me, she said, cause I was so stressed out. She's like, what are your priorities? And I was like, well, they're God, my family, and then work. And she said, okay. She goes, so how are you living those priorities? And I was like, well, I don't know what that means. Right. What do you mean by that? And the reality is, is I wasn't living for my priorities at all. And guess what? I wasn't even on that list, which is a big problem. And which is why I got cancer. And so realizing and really, really discovering what are my actual priorities? What are the priorities of my life? And am I living for those priorities? And is everything that I'm executing on a daily basis, does it line up with how I want to serve God? Does it line up with how I want to be a wife? Does it line up with how I want to mother my children? Does it line up with how I want to be healthy? Does it line up with how I want to grow my business? When I, re- when I really looked and saw like how many things didn't line up with any of that, um, it made it easier for me to kind of let some things go 
because then you're at a place place where it's like, you got to draw a line in the sand. It's like, you're either going to live your priorities for you or you're going to live someone else's priorities for them. And that's a choice, right? Yeah. Having Christina ask you that a lot of people don't have that person that just kind of punches, like punches you in the throat. If you're listening, you're like, I need a friend like that. They're out there. Mm -hmm. Um, You just need to we need to be open to it. Well, you want to know what's crazy is, is honestly, I didn't get the gift of her in my life until I was like 30. I didn't, I didn't have that for, I didn't get that friend in my life until I was in my thirties. And so sometimes, you know, it's, it, it might be timing, you know, when we're a lot younger, we might not be open to like, like that type of communication yet either. Right. And so she and I have gone through a lot of like our own different growing pains and it's been, um, it really has been a true gift to be able to have that in each other, just to, to be able to bounce those things, you know, off of each other. I say that you're always sacrificing something. We're sacrificing time right now. Yeah. To, to not be with our family or be behind the chair or whatnot. And so you're always sacrificing. So you just got to make sure that you're sacrificing it well, like you're doing a well sacrifice. Well, and for something, in something to you, right? And so that's where right. so this sacrifice to me is valuable because uh, my hope is that it, it's going to reach people and, and share a message that hopefully can can somehow affect someone in a positive way. And so that to me is definitely, and I, and I know that's where you were going with this and I'm sorry to mean to interrupt you, but you know, I don't know how to shut up. No, this is your show. You know, <laughs> but I think it's, um, I agree with you. It, it, every single minute we spend is a sacrifice. And so what are we sacrificing it for? And, and that's where you, I think hit the nail on the head is, is how I was able to really set my boundaries because, and, and to be honest with you, once I started to set my boundaries and was very clear on what my priorities were, my business started to grow even more and in a more profitable way, in a more positive way, because I was more intentional with the time I invested in it. I wanted to be able to be present for my family. I wanted to be able to be present with God. I wanted to be able to be present with my friends and for myself. And I also wanted to be present in my business desperately. And I wasn't present in anything. And so that's when, that's when we, you know, you really got to finally say like, okay, what, do I really want? And, and it's okay, whatever it is, just be honest about it and then live that, you know? Yeah. Be, be, be where your feet are. That's right. Like we're here right now. We're going to give you the best episode (laughs) when I go out there and uh, if I'm with front desk or with our staff, like I'm going to be present. And so I think that's hard for a lot of people is to, to be present because we're, we live in a world where we, I heard this the other day. I'm going to, mess this up, but I'll generalize. We take on more information in a day than someone in the 19th century took in in like their whole life. It's something, it was something along those lines. I'm like, I don't think we're meant to take on this much information. It's too much. (laughs) Yeah. And I think people, people, I'm sure people have told you before, like, God, you travel so much. How do you do it? And it's like, well, you're a different person than we are or, you know, than I am. Yeah. And like 2024, I'm, I'm making 2024 the best year. I'm in December 31st. I'm going to look back and be like, I worked harder Mm -hmm. in 2024 than I ever have worked harder in in coaching, worked harder in our business, work harder with our kids, our family. And I'm going to look back and, you know, I might be exhausted, you know, hopefully I am because being exhausted, like I think work is a good thing. I think, 
I think a lot of people see it as like a curse. Like I got to work. I'm like, no, it's a good thing. Like I feel good when I come into work and productive and go home. Sound like you're going to say something. No, like you saying, like, like I agree with you. I, one of the things I think also that maybe has allowed me to move through things in a positive, more positive mindset um, is that I actually love to work. Like I love it. I love growing things. I love growing my business. I love serving my my people and my my clients and my followers. And I love I love it. And I don't feel I I don't I can't remember the last time I felt like I had to go do something. I just feel like and I've heard you say this and and I feel this and a coach I work with says this that um, I get to do this. I get to go to work. I, I you know and I I have a brother that has special needs, and he lives in a group home. He actually um, just rang the bell today. He is cancer-free. He just finished chemo. Oh, snap. He had gotten diagnosed right. at stage four colon cancer, and he just rang the bell today, and it was like, oh, my God. And so, um, but he has special needs, and he's in a group home. And a couple years ago, he said to me, and let me tell you, talk about, this, is, this was another moment. You have those moments, I think, that truly change us as people if we let them. That's the key word, if we let them. And he said to me one time, and now he has mental illness. He, um, he has, uh, was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Now he's not like dangerous or anything like that, but he is, he needs to live in a group home. And so he can't drive, he can't work, he can't do anything like that. And so, and I'm his legal guardian. And he goes to me one time, he said, Sally goes, you know, he goes, you're so lucky you get to drive. And I was like, Mm. what? He goes, you're so lucky you get to have a job. I was like, He's like, you're so lucky you get to get married. He's like, I don't think I'll ever get to do that. And I'm like, wow, whoa, whoa. And so these things that I have honestly never thought of as a privilege, I never thought of getting to drive as a privilege. I never really ever thought of getting to work as a privilege or getting married. I mean, I just thought everyone you had an opportunity to get married, you know, cause I'd been married three times. So, you know, whatever I practically, I'm a professional at it now, you know? And so I'm here to say guy twice. I mean, please. So, you know, I never really looked at it as this privilege. And so those, those kinds of experiences, I, I just, I, I feel privileged to have them. And like, he's the strongest person I know. He doesn't even realize how strong he is. And, um, and so that's where I I really do feel like I get to do these things. I get to work. I get to grow a business. God has trusted me with a lot. And I just, um, you know, I want to make good on it. Once you look at the perspective, how your brother talked to you, like perspective changes so much. much. We went around the room in our uh, meeting. And so two things, or one thing that we're thankful for, and I actually heard this on a YouTube video, and I said, my thumbs. Think about if you didn't have your thumbs. That would radically change right? how you do things. Everything. And it's, you can just, you can be grateful for the smallest things. Hey, you were talking, and it reminded me, I don't even know if you remember this. Mm. You came to our staff retreat, was which I think everyone should do. Have Sally come in and just <laughs> speak. Thanks. We'll get to your teaching in a bit, okay. but your speaking is incredible. Thank you. And... You told our staff, I don't even know if you remember this, how many of y'all have like mom guilt? You're working and you got kids and then you have some people who are stay-at-home moms and they look down on you like you should be a stay-at-home. And Erin was so impacted by that because she left that going, you know what? I want my kids to see mom work hard. Mm -hmm. I want them to see 
what a woman in business can do, what, what there is. And if, look, if you're a stay at home mom, God bless you. God called you to that. But not, God didn't, God did not call me to that. Oh, he sure did call me to it. Cause he wants my kids to yeah. have a nice life. So he's like, you can't yes. be there the whole time. <laughs> yes. I, I think when they're away and then I see that, you know, oh gosh, like I just need, I just need to get away from these kids. And then you go on a trip six hours in, you're like, God, I miss them. <laughs> <laughs> but that impacted my wife so much that, you know what, she has a different mindset. Of, I, I want our kids to see mom work hard. Yeah. And so thank you for that. I don't even know if that was just off the cuff or that was in the. I uh, think it kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to you. So you've been in this industry since you were 19 years old. If you could go back and tell you talk to yourself at 19, 20 years old, what would you tell yourself? which means that I've been doing this for almost 32 years, which is absolutely insane to me. I'm sure, you know, I know, Evan, I know you thought I was like 30. So if I were to look back to to tell myself, like, here, first things first, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know one thing about setting myself up for the future financially, like at all. We're not taught that, right? So the we're not thing, we're, we're just not. And honestly, I just started sewing into a retirement account a few years ago and I'm now 51. And so I, it's like, if I knew then what I know now, I would be, I could retire right now, you know? And so that's one thing for sure. Our industry is not taught. And so the, the suggestion in that to me is surround yourself with people that are growing a business that you look up to and that you mm. would want. Surround yourself with the people that have the habits that you know that you want to to be able to grow a business. And um, and and honestly, I I did do a lot of that early off in my career, not as dedicated as I would have liked to have been, um, but also because there wasn't quite as much available. We didn't have social media. Um, you know, we were pimping ourselves out 12 hours a day in four inch heels, walking, actually talking to people, you know, like we worked 12 hour shifts, five days a week. Like that was what we had to do then because we didn't have this like beautiful free community of social media. And so like my, my biggest thing would be like, think about who you're surrounding yourself with. You are who you hang out with and make sure that, that who you're hanging out with are people that are, you, you are the product of the five people you hang out with the most. Absolutely. Right. And so, and, and, and that's just proven. And so surrounding yourself with that, I think is the most important thing because it'll all come together that way. Absolutely. I saw a thing on, it's either YouTube podcast, Instagram. They say, if you still have like the same friends from high school, mm -hmm. that's not a good thing. Like you shouldn't right. pride yourself. You should be growing you and advancing in your right. friend. Yeah. And your, your friends, like, you know, sometimes they go with you, sometimes they don't. Yeah. And I mean, I can look back, I'm 40 now. I can look back and I'm like, in my twenties, I don't even know who my friends were. Let's talk about your classes. We have, we're doing two classes here in the next few months. Which I'm so excited about. I know. Let me, I'll say this, this is going on the record. You are one of the best educators in our industry. Like when you came to our salon, I was like, holy crap, your communication, how you engage and connect with people. You have a 
gift. Oh, thank you. A gift of connecting with people. Now you talk about color and cuts. I don't know what you're talking about because I don't do that. <laughs> I just know you have a gift of connecting with people. When did you realize you had that gift or did you just realize it right now? So, you know, what's crazy is I, I really have had it as long as I can remember. Um, even into my youth, my, um, my dad, when I was 10 years old, I was like either 10 or 12 years old, somewhere around that, um, put me in Toastmasters. And while all my friends were outside playing, I was public speaking to 70 year old men and like for fun. Right. And, and I actually thought it was fun and I enjoyed it. And I, I, at, at 12 years old, I won the St. John crisis stone oratorical festival out of the United States and Canada. I placed third. I didn't win it. I placed third, but I was 12 and I was so little that I couldn't reach the microphone. And I actually had to sit on uh, my father was Greek. And so I was raised Greek Orthodox and the archbishop, archbishop, Bishop Iakovos at the time I sat, he had me sit on his lap so I could speak in the microphone. And my father could have died at that moment and been the happiest man in the world. Okay. <laughs> that was like the equivalent of Elvis when you're Greek. And so, um, that was a huge moment for me, but yeah, so I, I, I don't, um, I have people ask me quite a bit, uh, because I, I guess I must emulate like a, a fearless type of communication because I'm like, they're like, are you afraid to talk in front of people? And I'm, I honestly am not like, I don't have that. And I, whether it's 10 people or 2000 people, I feel like it's all the same. And I, I think the thing for me and, and my hope would be that even to be able to share this with other people that, that would have a message to share and um, that have been trusted with something and they know they want to share it. I just look at it like this. We're exactly the same. We are, we're all the same. The only difference is in that moment, I happen to be standing about three feet higher and sharing what I'm talking about. And I just really don't care what anybody thinks. And if I mess up, I welcome it because it's funny. And, and I think that's what well, makes you human. Well, it really does. And I think that's also part of what makes, makes it relatable. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's just fun for me to be me and just to, just to let it all, let it loose. And I think that's why I don't care. Like one of the, one of the, the greatest compliments that I have gotten is that I like my, when, when people come to my classes of how authentic I am, and I consider that the, the biggest compliment ever and, and, and that I'm approachable. And that is so important to me because at the end of the day, I, I also think one of the reasons why I'm not afraid is because I'll be honest with you. It's just not about me. It's just not. And I just, I just know that all the way down into like my core that, um, every single class I teach, anytime I have the opportunity or the gift or, or the privilege to speak in front of people, it's, it's just not about me. And whatever is going to be shared that day is, is for you. It's for them. And if I don't share it, what a disservice. I mean, how dare, I just feel like, how dare I, you know? Right. And so, right. I don't know. And I'm not sure quite what it is that has that ingrained that in me so deep, but it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a very powerful feeling. And I, and I wish that it was that easy, I guess, for other people to feel that too, because we all have such an important message to share. And some of us are just so afraid of what other people are going to think that we don't even talk about it. You're, you're great at what you do. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we're going to wrap up. I'm going to shoot you some rapid fire questions. Okay, let's go. What's your favorite band? Okay. So you do this to me or favorite or favorite artist. So my favorite band of all time was Motley Crue. 
It still is. They will always have a great place in my heart. I was going to marry Nikki Six and I was going to help him get off heroin. So that was my life's goal. My father thought I was a devil worshiper. And so that was like way back when. <laughs> Motley crew. Wow. Yeah. So I definitely, I'm like an 80s, I definitely am like 80s uh, rocker kind of girl. I love that. Um, I moved more into probably the contemporary Christian kind of like that stuff. Um, when did you graduate high school? 1990. Oh, so you were like in it. Oh, I was what in a, it. What a great time to be alive. It was the best like, time. You were going into the 90s. Oh, like, I love the 90s. It was the best. Come on. If you, listen, if you think all this stuff going on in the world of hair right now and fashion and all that isn't like reviving me in some kind of a way, I am like Tawny Katane, like, let's go. Like that, that. Who's that? Oh my God, Evan, stop. No. I mean, she was the. I don't know who that is. You know, she rolled around on the Trans Am, whatever. Go look it up. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. I know what. What's your, what's your favorite movie? Okay. But what's a movie you could go back and watch over and over? Well, The Devil Wears Prada. That's my movie. That's like my movie. Like, if I don't feel good, it's like The Devil Wears Prada or The Help. Those are my two, or The Gospel of John. Those are like my three movies that like, and they're all, they all meet different things, right? Like one is for God, <laughs> one is like my industry. And then, you know, the other one is like serving or whatever. And then um, I am a huge fan. Anything that Vince Vaughn is in. Like, I just think he's the funniest human on the planet. I love him. Wedding Crashers, I can't. Um, and like, and then, uh, wait, what was, oh, most recently, um, what was the movie I just watched most recently? Shoot. Oh, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the three movies that you just mentioned either. Okay, well, you have to watch the Elvis movie. I've been giving myself the gift of time on airplanes. I would never let myself do this, Evan. And I'm on a plane constantly. Like you, you know, we travel a ton. And I would never allow myself the gift of time to watch a movie on an airplane. And I have committed to, since I got cancer, that when I'm on an airplane, that's my time. I don't have to work. I get to watch a movie. And I let myself enjoy it. I watched the Elvis movie five times because I love it. I love five. it. I watched Jesus Revolution four or five times. Amazing movie. Um, and then that's where I started to catch up. I watched the Elton John movie. I watched, I like the music. I like the movies about uh, musicians. I love them. It's funny that you watch movies because I, <laughs> in my head, I would, I would try to play a trick on myself and be <laughs> like, all right, I just taught a workshop and I have a, I'm very extroverted. Like I, but after a workshop, I am drained. Oh, I don't want to talk. Like my voice or my words, like I've used them all. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm going to get on the plane and I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to work. And I get on the plane and I'm like, bro, I'm exhausted. Right. So I just, I just like, you know what? After this, I'm just going to veg out. Yep. It took me a while to, 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 to tell myself that. Cause I felt guilty, but now I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm, my brain's like dead at that moment. Yeah, it was 10 years of traveling and I would have to work the whole time because I'm like, I'm held hostage and I can get so much done and I would never really get anything done. And it was like, you know, and so finally I was like, be a person, let yourself enjoy something, have something to talk about other than work, you know? And so right. now it's fun. I talk about movies. I never was able to do that before. Yeah, now <laughs> I work on the way out yeah. and then I veg on the way back. That's great. So. All right, last question. What's one thing you can't live without? Oh, my God. Let's say this. What's one thing that you travel with that you can't live without? Okay. Um, aside from electronics, 
right? We're not going to say, I mean, that's a given. Yeah, your phone and computer, that's a given. That's like boring. Um, Okay, the one thing I can't live without. Now you're putting pressure on me. I'm trying to think of it now. My deodorant. My having very special deodorant. There you go. I have like 17 of them. They're everywhere. So I never (laughs) not have them. (laughs) Well, I have an almond cracker I love that I don't travel. I always have. So that's probably why. But no, my deodorant. There you go. You said an almond cracker? Yeah, yum. Like 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 a cracker you eat or yeah. like a cracker where you crack? Oh, almonds? no, no, no. It's a cracker that you eat. Okay. I, <laughs> I was like, what? You cracker? travel with a yeah. cracker? I walk around with a, nut, a nutcracker at the airport. <laughs> TSA's it's like, what weird. is going on? Yeah, it's not weird at all. They don't check. Well, hey, Sally, thanks for uh, being on the podcast. You are a light in this world. And I love every second we get to be with each other. And we're going to be at our salon, at Silver Salon. And let me see if I can find the date here. March 20th. On March 25th. And then we're going to be in Wisconsin, Antigen 11, on March the 10th. If you need tickets to those, you can go click on your link in the bio at Cleveland Hair Boss. And also mine as well. Let's really quick, just tell them what's going to be happening. So I'm going to be teaching placement with purpose. I'm going to have two live models at both of these events. But the greatest gift is that I am going to have Evan Silver there, who is going to be sharing some culture coaching. And this is something new that I am just really excited to be able to add to these classes that um, that is included. And, and he's going to be bringing, Evan, you're going to be bringing some really wonderful perspective Um on the business side that a lot of times these hair classes, um, you don't get. So I'm really, you either get one or the other. Yeah, you really do. And so I'm really, really excited for us to be able to bring these two things and just impact these people to where they're just going to be ready to grow, man. Well, thank you for the opportunity and I will see you here in a few weeks. Can't wait. And Sally, follow Sally at Cleveland hair boss. Thank you so much for being a part. All right, Evan. Thank you. All right, bye. Bye.